What um, you guys want to talk about first, buddy? We didn't talk last week about Lanny Pavo dying. Oh, you guys did, never did we bring that? it up, Craig? I don't oh, remember. Man. I don't have a good memory. I have a lot of brain cells. They were gone. I watched that. Maybe I don't know if we were talking. And, and I think it was talk about it like after we hit record or after we stopped recording. I think maybe or something like that. No, because I remember maybe. saying something specifically about welcome to the the so we're getting so old and senile version of unscripted. I'm like, I don't I remember. <laughs> Did I brush my teeth this morning? I don't remember. Yeah. Mm. I don't remember doing. We used to do Lanny Poffo impressions all the time. I don't remember doing one last week. So maybe we, I remember I us know. talking about someone was only a certain age when they passed. But uh, for some. Yeah. Oh, that must. I think it was off camera because we were debating the age of Lanny yeah. Poffo, weren't we? Like, yeah. But he, uh, he yeah, wasn't. like he uh, yeah. for those people who don't know, he was Macho Man's younger brother by two years. Um, And uh, he I don't I haven't uh, found out how he died. I didn't read into it or anything like that, but. A lot of people are coming forward saying what a great um, like stand-up guy he was, what an honest guy he was, and everything. So that's kind of cool to hear. And everybody knows he loved his brother, um, Macho Man, very much. And he loved his family, as Macho obviously loved his family, too. There's that story that Bischoff tells about how Macho Man, when I think it was like 98, 99, when uh, Lanny needed a job, Macho Man went to Bischoff and said, hey, why don't you hire Lanny? I don't care what you use him for, dark matches, whatever, but he needs you know some help. And uh, Bischoff's like, look, man, like, you know, we're already I think they had, maybe it was 98 because they had already started Thunder. And then Bischoff was kind of like, dude, like we're we already got our budget cut in half with the addition of Thunder. So like, I can't really just justify like hiring, you know, <laughs> then that was the line for Bischoff. He's like, we're well, not anymore. Like, I've already hired all the other yeah. people. Yeah, we got to save <laughs> some pennies, man. We got a long hike. This is a marathon, <laughs> Macho Man, not a sprint. Hey. Um, I got to pay so, ice train back there in Glacier. So, uh, so then Macho, yeah, I guess, relinquished some of his annual salary so Bischoff can put, you know, match it with whatever he could afford. And then they hired Lanny. And Lanny yeah. literally was on a two or three year contract and did not wrestle one time and received a paycheck. And that was because Macho Man went to Jeez. Bischoff and said, hey, I'll, I'll give up some of my salary if it frees up some room for Lanny. You know, Macho loved his family, he loved his brother. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of there's a lot of love there. Apparently, so much love that they both uh, died of heart failure. That's that's what it was. It was congestive heart failure, according to um, the intranet. And he was 68 years old when he passed. God, man, on yeah. February 3rd. It was a pretty good gimmick during the rock and wrestling era. Just a little bit after that, like it, it kind of didn't make sense. Like he was a poet and he wore like the professor and or the it, graduating yeah. robe. Yeah, but. There was a cool gimmick that he would throw frisbees out in the crowd. That was before the genius gimmick, yeah. That he would, kinda he would write his poems on the back yeah. of the frisbees and be like, tonight at Madison yeah. Square Garden, Anvil's coming at me. Like, And it would just be a whole thing, and then he would throw the frisbee out to the crowd after he'd read the poem. Uh, but then, yeah, then the, yeah. his most famous thing was the genius. Like, that was Mr. Yeah. Perfect Second. Uh, a great, uh, yeah, like a great manager. Famous match with him and Hogan. He beat the world heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan on a Saturday Night's main event by count out. That was the infamous uh, match where Perfect pulled Hogan on the outside of the ring and Hogan lost by countout and he stole Hogan's belt. And there's that famous scene where Drew Knuckleton's like trying to interview him and he's taking a hammer and smashing the, the Winged Eagle title. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah, smashing the Winged Eagle. And Perfect got torched after that. He got tossed around on another Saturday night, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Not too so that was like Genius's like shining so. moment and Genius always, uh, like, uh, Genius would always say to, or Lanny would always say, like, on, he did a couple podcasts here and there. And he always said, like, you know, Macho and Hogan always had their on and off thing or whatever. And Macho had issues with Hogan. Uh, but he was like, uh, I never, 
I would always tell Randy, like, look, your beef with him. I have no beef with him. Like he could have told me anything like on national television, but he actually told Vince, I think genius should take me on it and I should lose my count out and that will get perfect heat and all that. So he's like, he always like, he said, Hogan, He's like, yeah, he said, Hogan yeah. always went out of his way to make sure I was on his card and make sure that like I was taken care of. And he was like, so he's like, I will, you know, Macho and him had their thing. And he's like, but I would never participate in it. And if people tried to get me to talk smack about Hogan because I'm Macho's brother, he would always tell him like, hey, I got no beef with that guy. Like he he put, you know, money in my pocket for me. So that's really cool that, you yeah. know, he was able to. Lanny, Lanny always seemed to talk about everyone else in a very you know, kind of Bam Bam Bigelow. Me, he hated you know, Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. Uh, genius did. Oh did he man. Hate Bam like, Bam? He was just talked about how, like what a shitty person he was. And like, yeah, he did not like Bam Bam at all. <laughs> it's one bad altercation. Yeah. Uh, there was, there was one, um, I don't know if you guys caught it where uh, GDP was reminiscing about talking to Lanny when Macho had died. Um, it was on Instagram <clears throat> and he told, he told like a great story and uh, it doesn't matter what the story is because it was about Macho, but he said that's such a great story. Oh, it's about the dog. Remember when he said, "Well, if it's good, if it's good enough for Hercules, it's good enough for me to be buried by this tree in their big acreage of land." Oh yeah, the dog. And Lanny did the did the voice. And DDP asked. He said, "That's such a great story, and I, you know how much I loved your brother. Can I tell that story at the funeral?" And Lanny thought about it for a second and really said, "You know, you've always been so good to me, and you've always been so good to to my brother. Um, you can say what." and you really appreciated him and you really honored his, his legend and his status. You can say whatever you want um, to DDP. And it was just, it was so nice because maybe he wanted to tell that story, but he probably knew that it would be a better spotlight if DDP told the story and, and said, but you know, he, but he also knew that he would do it justice and he trusted him. And it was, and DDP just said, rest in peace, Lanny, because you, you allowed me to do that. And you were so nice and you were so genuine and, that's the kind of stuff I always remember about about Lanny Poffo is the stories people tell about him. He's just he was just such a nice guy for the most part. He, you know, I guess other than Bam yeah. Bam, he didn't really have beef with too many people. I didn't even know about the Bam Bam story. Um, but yeah, it's a it's just sucks. yeah. He did some yeah. shoot interviews when he and he wasn't I think happy with WWF overall. Or he, yeah, he did he didn't mind shitting on yeah. some people that he did that he didn't like, but he was I, and um, I, yeah. But yeah, that's right. He was leaping yeah, Lenny sleeping before. Lenny yeah, leaping Lenny Poffo. Genius. And before, on the old Tuesday Night Titan kind of days, he would... Yeah. So he was famous for... They had like that uh, Bunkhouse Battle Royal. And didn't he dress in the suit of armor? That was... I remember the, yes. from the magazines, the pictures <laughs> of the magazines. Like, I think Don... It was he, insane because we were like... It was like one of the first WF magazine I ever bought or, or read. And I was just like a Bunkhouse Battle Royal and he was in a yeah. suit of armor. Do you think we could see him Bam Bam? The, Maybe that's why he hated Bam Bam because Bam Bam won it, and there was no he had no gimmick. That's there was no like a, so. he didn't even wear we'll an outfit anytime soon. Like Hexai had a two by four in it. Maybe Axel <laughs> won it. I can't remember. No, he won the first one. Do you think we'll see Lanny in Where? the hall? Probably no, not. Probably not. Nah, doubt. No, the Poffo family are right. I think didn't he invite? Well, I know. I didn't... know Lanny inducted his brother. Yeah, Macho's in. But the, the, the rest I don't of the think so. Are. I thought Angelo that was the, was that the, in the WWE family Hall of Fame, and they did this weird thing for a couple years in WWE where they put like four people in at once, and it was like, how did they call it the alumni section or something like that? Angelo Popo might have been included yeah, in that, but he was never like individually like honored. Like he's one of the inductees this year. There was one year where they put in like five or six people, and they called it something. I, yeah, and they called it, it was something like an alumni. It yeah. was like. 
It was kind of like saying, hey, these are Hall of Famers that wouldn't have just nobody knows would have gotten in, but we're going to put them in on merit. The NFL does that from time to time. They yeah. have a different section of the hall for people like that from like the 20s and the you know 1800s and stuff. You're like, yeah. wow. Um, and I, this is, I think he died like almost two weeks that. ago at this point. So I know we're probably talking about an old topic, but I just I don't I don't remember talking about it last week. And then it's like, oh, we should probably talk about it now. Uh, and speaking of, can we segue to just real quick? Like we they haven't and no one's announced any Hall of Fames for this year. And there's we're actually a, 60 yeah, days there's away. a lot of rumors that Batista might be the head of the class. Um, what else? I saw some some rumored stuff or whatever. Interesting. Uh, oh, God, there was um, not Mickey James. Jim Cornette. People were like, advocating yeah, people for in, I guess in the I, again, it, this, you could edit pictures to make it look like whatever you want. But I guess like Austin said, like, I think that Cornette should be in there with the midnight. And then the rock responded back and said, I second that or something like that. So, uh, but I don't know. You can never really believe what you say. People can edit shit and make stuff look the way they want yeah. it to. So I don't know if that's true. Yeah. But yeah, it was Batista. Who, who else is what not in there? Who are they? The Steiners, Steiners are right. Last yes. year, I think it was it. Uh, Mm-hmm. 2000. Any, you know, any LA or kind of relevant? Not really. Yeah, there was, yeah, know. there was somebody put out like a, like a rumor or prediction thing or whatever. Okay. Okay. Here it is. Uh, I haven't seen this one. So this one's floating around. I don't think it has, it has Batista, uh, Umaga, which I'm sorry. I mean, he was great. Yeah. I liked the blog a lot. He had tons of potential, yeah. but he, you know, short plane. Um, Michelle McCool, Mookie James, and Sid. Sid's but, uh, a good I've, one. I've seen the back graphics get interchanged out with other people. Like, Batista's always been on it. I think Batista's yeah. going to be... Because I think Batista was supposed to be put in... Sid Batista was good. supposed to be put in during the pandemic, and he asked to get out of it because he wanted to do it live and address his fans and stuff like that. So I think Batista was supposed to be put in like three years ago, but backed out because of the pandemic. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't I see think Luger. Luger was another way. rumored one too. Well, it, that's worthy. I mean, you know, you don't want to see him out there on that stage. He has, that's horrible from, so sorry. And I, I want to take that back immediately. Uh, Cause it's about, <laughs> I know, the, I know. It's so about sorry. like the, the, we might, we, we might want the cosmetic like, looks or whatever, but I think, I, I think it's inspirational. I don't know. You know, the same way you felt, Dave, about Booker T. Washington oh, Rumble oh with Luger. Well, I guess I will quote Luger it again. I was glad I saw so it, far. but I never want to see it again. And we love Booker. You know, um, we you know, we were talking about, you know, etched, etched memories and things. Um, one, you know, it's not really an etched memory, but every time it happens. And I know Craig has talked about it. The Booker T. interest music, which was the Harlem Heat and that and the fire when it would blow just off the stage. It's one of the most memorable. Shit, when Harlem Heat came out to that have. music in WCW, we were like, "That was fucking music's incredible." Like, That's, I don't remember when they debuted. The it was '94, I think, when they started using the din 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 din. And like, I remember Craig yeah, especially would so just be good. like, "This fucking music is the best!" Like, we just he was so excited. And then yeah, uh, we yeah, loved it because like, Booker before... kept it when he did his singles run. He still came out to it, and we're like, "Yes, like, yeah. yes." It was before streaming or anything like that. So we would play it on real player and you would download it for free and you'd never know if you'd get it. And it would take like an hour to download. And you never know what player, version, if it was going to be like a, somebody putting the a recorder up to the speaker. Yeah. You didn't know if it was going to be like stereo. <laughs> right. Hey, you or didn't we play it all the time. You're get. God, you guys are bringing back like the LimeWire and all that too. You guys are bringing back the memories right now. Yeah. We're old. That's, 
I'm sorry. Luger would be fantastic. Sure, I, also, I, thought, I thought Luger was in there, by the way, actually. So, sorry. If he is, I don't recall. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking person. Sid, to me, is long overdue. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, really, like, I, you know, again, it's when you start talking about, like, titles and, you know, just one non-wrestling fan can bring you down to earth in a room going, all of them are just given to him. And it's like, oh, fuck, shut up. But, I mean... <laughs> I was I was a laps fan during Batista, so I'm more. I just remember Sid as a fan than Batista. Yeah, I mean Batista had a big just, part. Like you know, he was his turn against uh, Triple H when he left the, the thumbs down thing. Like in Evolution, was like yes, I remember that a good. lot. Like that's a great. That was a great bright spot in like 2005, and uh, I remember his title run. I think it was just injury bitten. He was injured like twice within like a year or a span or something, and yeah. they and then they went with yeah. Cena. They just kept the the ball on Cena, and that was it. Like. So that was Batista was like right on that cusp of Cena was one A and Batista was one B. And then B. when Batista came back, he got caught in the he got caught in the Daniel Bryan wave. That was brutal for him. Yeah, that was his return too. Give me what I want. It was his fault for wearing stupid yeah. uh, Jordans like as boots instead of wrestling boots. I blame I blame <laughs> Batista on that one. But Batista, that's totally cool. You know, it's hard. I had to you know. It's a, it's a hall of fame for entertainment and that's what it is right like people get mad when they don't have the same qualifications for the wwe hall of fame that they do nfl or baseball i'm like what? like it's not a real sport so they're not really doing these statistics you know um they're given titles based on yeah. business and you know how much merchandise they can sell and obviously they're going to be featured even, more if they even, move the even, needle they all they all they all have their flaws just even the mlb people are really upset only one person got in the hall this year seriously yeah that's a such priority. a joke man it's trying to they're almost too serious in major league baseball like come on man well they're too serious yeah. and in the in the steroid era is a big stain they won't admit anybody to that era at this point like bond still uh, is still not in right like um great so yeah. yeah. you you Sosa's have a, you have a karen always just, watching just the list of now asterisk 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 like yeah. my fucking uh, god and then it's always it's always the pete rose like they're that's just get over you know, yourself like, rose should be in the hall he, of he fame gambled against what himself. are we doing what? here pete rose should be in the hall of fucking ever, fame yeah, yeah it's he's so already dumb. in the wwe hall of fame but um but yeah, he is, and that's what's wild about it. So WWE is, is more inclusive than any of the Hall of Fame that you could think of. And people, but I think, and we talked about it too. I, again, you know? you know, I was probably a fucking snobby wrestling fan in my twenties. Actually, I know I was. Um, you know, I thought I was right, and my <laughs> you're, favorites you're were now. just the only favorites you should like. <laughs> don't fucking don't jump on the bandwagon. Let me critique myself without you admitting <laughs> that I know you're right. <laughs> Um, and like, yeah. So when I read a lot of these comments, I go, God, man, I used to be like that. So it's hard to talk to a 20 year old or even 30 year old. Like when you see them go off on Twitter over them, I'm like, oh, you just don't know. Like you'll calm down when you get older and you just start appreciating it for what it is. But yeah, but that's part of the fun, I guess, about being young too, is you, we treated it like it was real. I get really mad at all of you when Hogan yeah. would lose. You all were at fault. And like I would get so pissed, and Joe spit on me one time. Well, we remember how how upset when Booker lost to Triple H. We were really and we knew, we yeah, we knew way more really about the business about at that point. Like we were older and stuff like that. But yeah, like I mean, that's fun, you know, when we take it serious like that. But we're like, what? There's the hell a lot of fans that just <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, you, if you step back and look at what it is, it's a it's a movie or it's a weekly television show. That's legitly what it is. If you don't want to use the F yeah. word, like. And, and, and are you saying that people don't get mad when soap operas go a certain way? Like, how dare she? Right. Like, they win, they win Emmys and shit, right? Like, but it, so it's like to me, I'm like, why? Like, yeah. let them go in the Hall of Fame. Like, just because they weren't in the main event, like Coco Beware or Junkyard Dog, like they fucking deserve to be in the Hall of Fame for the time they put in, especially back in the territories and all that. Like, they there's a lot of work that all of them did in the territories that we will never remember because WWE just can't 
remind you all the time of all this stuff. Right. Like territories have been dead forever. Sure. Like, so it sucks. Like mm-hmm. if you didn't even, right. if you weren't a fan, like within the 10 year span of the territories dying, you will never know them. Or even it's to, to some fans now in their twenties, it was always only WCW and WWF. And was it, there's you'll nobody never, else. Like, you'll never know that. Um, you'll never know that true, uh, you know, kayfabe sense, the true heel work. Well, I take that back. Maybe we should segue a little bit. You, the only thing that's true heel that's 24 seven heel right now is um, someone by the name of MJF. And um, apparently uh, just this week, he laid a promo on that was so thick and so believable that the cops were called dozens of times to the arena. Like they thought somebody was in a real car accident um, off of his promo. Is, is that true that him and Liv were actually dating in high school? It was that like true or was he embellishing? Do we have, did we figure that I have out? No idea. Yeah. I like it's, he just said he got to a car accident with Liv Morgan in high school. And then the big switch at the end, he was doing like a big, like emotional thing about what a character and what. And then the last thing was he's, I switched places with her. So the cops knew that she was driving and I wasn't like that. There was like this, this completely heel turn. But I was like, all I could focus on was like, wait, Liv Morgan? He married we knew the rest of the story was probably embellished. We're like, wait, you dated Liv Morgan for crying out loud? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Um, so it's just, it's just interesting because I was telling Justin Craig earlier, like uh, that, that promo was cutting on AEW as watching it, um, which was funny because for once I was watching it and Craig wasn't watching it live. It's usually always the other way around. And it was so good that my wife and my daughter were reading books, separate books, and they both looked up and said, who the heck is that guy? I'm like, that's the best heel in the world right there. That's MJF, kids. And then I, I told them also, like, I said, you guys want to see our promo? And I brought out the promo on YouTube where MJF won the title and he talked after and he just, you know, grow the fuck up. I was like, oh, it's just, uh, he, he, it's, it's a perfectly promo. And he's like, thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Champs fucking out, baby. And it's, and again, I'm not doing it justice. They watched that promo and my kid's like, can, can I watch it again? Like it was that, like it's, he's that good. Like they want, like he is must see TV. He even plugged TBS right at the same time when he did it, by the way, I don't know if y'all caught that, you know, weeknights at eight, oh, this yeah. is what's happening. And this is the best show around. I was like, he, he did everything perfect. And, but yeah. he's also being at Hill 24 seven. And we saw another short today where MJF was in an elevator trying to get one. If you guys follow me in this fucking elevator, I swear to God. And then some of the people were like, Oh, why does he treat his fans like that? I'm like, where have you been? Are you been under a rock? This is this is what it is. This is MJF twenty four seven. He does not turn it off. And that's the problem with today's wrestling uh, fan is like when someone like MJF does something now, it's so polarizing because they all used to be like that when we started watching wrestling, like back in the late eighties. Like that heels were still dicks. Like, you know, it wasn't like it was just starting to change. Like during the Attitude Era, that's when that famous story from Bubba Ray where they signed the Dudley Boys and he sat down in front of Vince and JR. And JR was talking about, well, when you do your autograph signings, Bubba said, uh, I'm sorry, we're heels. We don't sign autographs. And then it was either Jim Ross or Vince McMahon or no McMahon looked at him and he said, um, when you cash my paychecks, he's like, you'll do whatever I ask you to do. And then like Vince slid the, the offer wow. over to them of what they were going to pay him. And he said, Bubba looked at Devon. He's like, yes, sir. We will do whatever you want. We will sign autographs. He's like, I learned right then that like, <laughs> oh, this is a different elevation like a different form of entertainment this you have to be like that with with yeah, ecw and aew to a certain extent because you know they're not as wide as wwe are the reach so you have to have those little like almost regional flavor of mjf being like this heel outside the ring where when you get to wwf vince is like you you're an actor you stop you're a fucking actor and you're 
you know. That's that, and that totally sounds like bully Ray to like in the middle of uh, negotiation with Vince, be like, "We're heels. No, we don't he sign that, autographs." Yeah, I think like, what he was illustrating when he was saying that was like he treated, it was a combination of like they had to hold their ground, you know, because like it was still again, yeah. you were I'm you drank you the poly Kool Aid like mm-hmm. in you know. Uh, you're you're full of your own shit. The speech, the speech from the uh, Beyond the Mat, whenever he gave that big <laughs> speech, like you believed his shit, and they helped set up the rings and take the rings down and sell the merchandise and get scammed by Paulie at the same time. And uh, so, like, they come from this <laughs> land where it was like we're passionate and we're fucking protective. And Vince is like, "Shut the fuck! You're a fucking actor. Shut up!" Like, and then yeah. like it's like, "Oh, here's well, I'm gonna yeah. make this money. <laughs> fuck! Like, okay, yeah, we'll sign whatever." Or like it's something. Or JR said it too, but it was like, or maybe it was the merchandise check that they would make. I think it was the figure just on their merchandise that they would make. If like, because he's like, we don't do dolls, we don't sign autographs, and Vince is like, you'll fucking do whatever I tell you. And he slid it over, and he was like, oh my god! Like when he saw like the numbers they could make from the merchandise, and he's like, wow. So it's a different world. Yeah. And to Dave's point that he made before we hit record, we need AEW right now because AEW is like that kind of in that bloated independent. It's not even an independent, but I mean, like it's like a bloated independent where yes, it's on national television, but it has a smaller slice of the audience than WWE, obviously, but like, it's different. Like MJF wouldn't be able to flourish like this on WWE television. Yeah. You want to know why they're not at just all. like punk made that joke. You're Ms. Light or whatever, which he's not. He's, he's like a harder version of the Miz. The Miz is Ms. Light because Miz is a WWE representative. Like he does everything by the book, appropriate language, the way he speaks, everything. Miz is awesome for what he does. But MJF is like this yeah. dirty version of Miz that's allowed to exist because AEW doesn't have the same restraints. And their TBS is a lot looser with them. They can cuss. They can say shit often if they want to. They can do a lot of things. So we need AEW for all its imperfections. We need it to for these guys and girls to figure that out. And then the really good ones will get hired by WWE and clean it up and polish it up and still be just as effective, but learn how to do more acting and more big motions and movements like the bloodline storyline. Like it's just, it's, it's all about a thing of growing. We need these territories. Like, and it's funny to say territories, like we need them now more than ever. Like the NWAs, the impacts, the everything. It's so important. So important. Like, like I keep thinking, like I've enjoyed, so Takeshka, or I hope I said the name right. Cause the name spells when you look at it, Takeshita, but it's never how they say it. So Takeshka, I could be saying it wrong. He has came from Japan. They've signed him and he's put on incredible matches with Daniel Bryan, MJF. I forget who else for the last month since he's been signed. Like the man has so much potential and he's so naturally gifted. And he had the, he had an incredible match with MJF with an incredible ending. He works flawlessly with anybody with the limited English that he has, like just whatever, like incredible. But if you can't say the guy's name and he did get over by saying, like, kiss my ass, but he needs more than that. He needs a mouthpiece. Like, if he was in the WWF, they would have rectified right. that situation or tried to at least address yeah. that way, way, way before. Because now it's going to get to the point where the wrestling mm-hmm. can't carry you. Like, but I think he's an absolute star and he's young and he's a stud and I love him. But even I, like, there's got to be something else besides your yeah. in-ring. And you there will to, be, like, though. Build but the that good thing is gonna be also more than kiss about AEW is, like... The only show in town, WWE, like, like this sounds silly, but finding the hard camera and learning how to play everything, the hard camera is an art form that you have to be around right, over right. and over and over and over again. Uh, we would always talk about how good the rock is when he comes back. You can see it. 
I mean, he's had so much practice, not just his time in Hollywood. He's so good with the cameras in Hollywood because he fucking cut his teeth in WWE and they always had to find the hard camera. You watch Hogan in Austin. They are flawless. They know exactly when they would put chin locks on Hogan would adjust people to set them in the hard camera area. He knew it. Yeah, like, let me move you over. It was all, it's all automatic. Yeah. You know, you get someone like that, Craig, they probably don't push that so hard in AEW. I don't see a lot of their backs in AEW. It seems like they try, but like, like you said, Craig, someone will, he'll, his contract will be up someone in nxt or wwe will see him and be like dude let's bring him like he's to get that kind of experience even if it's not as strict as uh, of a environment as wwe as far as television product uh, you know or uh, uh practices are concerned the fact that there's a second promotion that you can have a hard cam on you know like on a national cable channel a live show not a pre-taped impact not a pre-taped nwa uh, power or whatever this is a fucking live show they'll it's important. And then, like you said, they'll they'll get picked up. Like they'll somebody will polish them up. Like or the other way around. They'll come from WWE and come over to AEW with that knowledge already and then start spreading it. That's why it's valuable to hire Paige. And when they had Steven Regal and they have Mark Henry and they have Big Show, because you know all these people behind the scenes are like, dude, fucking face the hard cam. What are you doing? Like, you know, it it, it just takes a while. Yeah. This promotion's barely been around four years. Did you see there was a clip on Twitter going around, I think, this week where like it's an old attitude era where Stone Cold's sitting on the turnbuckle, exhausted, and Dave Hebner's in a shot, and Dave Hebner goes, Move yeah, out the fucking way. The way. Like it right to and then Hebner, like, he takes a double take, goes, oh, sorry, and realizes he's in the ham, uh, hard camera and completely blocked the Austin was on resting the on the turnbuckle. So oh, yeah, I remember that. And he just Austin. had the presence of mind to be like, you're fucking blocking my shot of the camera. Like, that's just fucking genius. Yeah. Like, these guys are... And he, oh, he goes, oh, and yeah. goes, I'm sorry. Like, it scared him. He's like, oh, that's shit. Right. <laughs> you're the one that got the, that's right, got that's the fucking earpiece in, and I'm the one telling you to move. And we'd be remiss to say, uh, to miss about uh, Jerry yes, Lawler. Yeah, damn it. Thank you for bringing that up because I want to talk about that too. Yeah. So he, he seems yeah. to be doing well, though. Hope so. I, I think he has speech and memory and memory issues, and but, but that's going to be always the, the danger is but when he you was, have speech. He was and, standing. He was able to, to move all of the extremities, seem to be in good hands. So he's hopefully on the mend. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, JR reached out to him, uh, said he talked to him. He was responsive. They talked a little bit and everything. So yeah, he had a, it was a stroke, right? It's yeah, his, it's his second stroke. Found passed out on his on his in his parking lot of his house. I don't no know why way. they didn't say driveway. Why does a house have a parking no, lot? He's, he's the king. Um, yeah, that's right. He's mansion, lot, like, for no reason. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Passed out by his moat. Like a toll. Sorry, <laughs> 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 on his drawbridge. Yeah, we're, we're, we're awful. He'd fallen off. He didn't course. even think about it. Like I was thinking, yeah, he's uh, rich for wrestling. You guys are like, no, he's a fucking king, you idiot. It's a moat and stuff. I'm like, oh fuck, a gas pipe. Well, I'm a little slow, <laughs> but uh, I mean, his entire last 25 years has been his talking. So I, I imagine that man with that gift, uh, struggling to make, make words and God, speak. Man. you know, uh, and he's, he's got, a quick you know, we're going to talk about an episode that we might, we're going to do, you know, about like memories that are burned in your head. Uh, he had a fucking heart attack on live television. Oh, he my had a God, heart attack right. on Monday night raw. Yeah, he should right. be dead already. So, you're, yeah. so are you are you saying at this point he's had a heart attack? And yeah, like fuck. And he's in his seventies, right? He's in his seventies. Yeah. I, did, I didn't. I didn't know about the heart attack. I, that's not in my memory. Yeah, he was live on uh, uh, Raw. Like I'll never forget it. I was watching it, and it, I remember it was a tag match with CM Punk in some way, shape, or form. I think, and uh, mm-hmm. they were commentating, and I remember something happened, and I remember specifically Michael Cole muffled, going, "Can someone help? Can someone help?" And this all happened live, and he was snoring. 
And so that's when they came over and they got him out of there and Michael Cole finished calling it. But then when they came back from the commercial, they were like, Terry Lawler, you know, something happened. He had some kind of event here or whatever. And then they found out it was like a major heart attack that he had. He was calling a match. He just called the spot. And then like uh, Michael Cole looked over and his head was slumped down and he was snoring. And he's like, oh, shit, like something something's wrong. Yeah, that's why those like defibrillators or whatever, like so important in the workplace, they can. To have one of those, that's what's yeah, they worked on him right there next to Michael Cole at the announce table. Like they, and then they got him out. Yeah, that's wild. And this is live, live during Raw during a tag match. I'm pretty sure it was like Kane, and for some reason, I remember Kane being there and CM Punk or something like that. Wow, yeah, so that's got nine lives. I hope to, I hope he continues. I hope he's back. He keeps getting the he's in his 70s, right. And the thing is, is Jerry Lawler is a famous non drinker, he's never drank a drop of alcohol in his life. I don't think he's ever smoked. Didn't do steroids or anything like that. Like, nope. It's great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jerks says his body. That was terrible. He didn't need to. Like, he was just like, he yeah, just pulled down, pull his, down uh, your strap his and fucking and put your hand up punches. like this. And the Memphis crowd's all like, just fucking lose their shit. And he punches just, Jimmy Hart yeah. and the fucking place goes the, crazy or Andy Kaufman. They just went <laughs> banana. It just matter yeah. who they put. Like, he was incredible. 73. Dude, he's. Uh, you know, they often say it, like old old timers like Jim Ross and stuff. They're like, dude, if you, you know, you everyone just knows uh, Jerry Lawler as Jr. and Jerry Lawler, the commentating duel from Raw for all those years or whatever. But like, man, like to see him in Memphis yeah. or whatever, he was fucking he wasn't a great athlete. And he said it himself. I'm just never a good athlete. He's like, I just fucking it's like they loved me. And it was just like he just knew. Yeah. And he was such a fucking fun heel. Like. Like he was like an active wrestling Bobby Heenan. Like after when he went to WWE in '93, I yeah. was so happy. Yeah. So I'd always read about him well, in magazines. And then he was on right before uh, primetime wrestling converted to Raw. They had a big table, and like it was like Hillbilly Jim, Mister Perfect, Vince McMahon, and they would always have a couple guests on. And Jerry Lawler was like a regular for like the last month that they were there, and he was fucking hilarious. And him and Bobby would crack me up because Bobby'd be like, "That's a good one, King," like from across the table. He's like. <laughs> It's like that. He's like, would you stop both of you? Like, so like, it was great. Like just yeah. having their interaction there. And then him and, uh, you even just, yeah. t- oh, sorry, yeah, he and McMahon on superstars of wrestling. That's where he started commentating before raw even was a thing. And then I don't remember yeah, when he joined no, raw. Right. I can't remember. Cause they didn't have Lawler at the beginning. I don't think it was like Vince McMahon, Jim, or was right Jim, away. it was macho man, Jim Barnett, the comedian and Vince were the three commentators. And then they kicked the comedian out. Heenan joined. So and then Heenan, when he left for WCW, he was out. And I think Lawler came sometime after that. I can't remember when Jerry joined. Somewhere in that. What's his name? Well, it's Rob Barnett. You, you, you talk about the, the just the rumor, not just the rumors, the, uh, the heel work that Lawler did. The, the Andy Cobb stuff doesn't get enough play. Uh, That's like amazing. It, that like, that whole, whole piece of business was fucking fantastic. It, 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 it was just great. Yeah, when he slapped he slapped Andy Kaufman after giving him like four pile drivers uh, in Memphis, and then he slapped yeah. the crap out of him on the David Letterman show. Everybody, everybody thought it was real because they thought Andy Kaufman yeah. was goading a professional wrestler about how it's fake. Yeah, and and he's like, I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Trey's like, Come on, man! Like, yeah. come on! And he slapped the crap out of him, like like pretty much knocked him out of the chair. And and he just, did talk about it. Kaufman yeah, came back was, on, was just throwing the f word on television. He's like, "I'm gonna fucking sue you. Yeah, I will yeah, fucking I'm a, sue I'm you. I'm gonna sue yeah. you." Yeah, yeah. it was and, the national zeitgeist. It was wrestling had come absolutely full mainstream because yeah. of that moment. And it was awesome. it was a territory. Yeah. Like it was it, it was a Memphis promotion. It was Memphis wrestling. It was it was like it was Jared. It was Jerry Jared. Put him on the map. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, by the way, there's sorry, Dave. No, you're good. Continue. No, I was just no, gonna say because because of um because of that. 
I think that's why Jerry Lawler is so well, well renowned is because he allowed someone like that in the circle of the business. And it's kind of a risk, but pretty smart. Yeah. Um, sorry, point. What were we going to say? I was just going to say, I don't know what's in Memphis water, but like, if you think about the guys who don't age, I know he's had a bit of work, but Lawler and Jimmy Hart are guys that you can look at now. I think Lawler might, I mean, Jimmy Hart might be late seventies. Who knows? No, he's he always looks kind of youthful. Well, yeah. And then Lawler looks on, like uh, spotless too. I was like, what the, what are they always doing a in shilling Jimmy Hart? Just, just always good like, doctors. Go to Jimmy Hart's crab shack down the floor. Like he's fucking so funny. Jimmy Hart's great. Yeah. Like he really is great. Have you seen yeah. by the quick sidebar? Have you seen that? Uh, Cause you said Jimmy Hart and shilling. There's a clip of Hogan pulling up to next to one with like a truck that says like cafe painting. It's hey brother. Uh, it's a cafe or like whatever, like trying to smoking to me cafe. And he's like, what? He's like, I saw cafe on the back of your van, man. He's like, yeah, man. And then he's talking about, well, Hogan's uh, Monday nights. Do we karaoke now on, on Mondays? You should come down Nick DJs. And this was like Hogan's Twitter thing. And it was like a minute long, just sitting next to this car. And he was just like, when I realized it's like, it was really cool. Like he just pulled up and I was like, oh, he's doing a promo for karaoke night at his, at his sports bar. And I was like, damn, that's, why he, again, and, that's why he and Hogan <laughs> like, uh, were like two peas in a pod, man. Jimmy would carry his bags and shit, yeah. but Jimmy was always like shilling for him. Like you should sell yourself. You should sell yourself. It's not bigger than you. And then, he was a fantastic handler. When I got his autograph at a TV convention back in the day, um, it, it was, it was Jimmy that was like right next to him. And not just like, handling his phone and Nick called and blah, blah, blah. Like he was his guy, yeah. whatever you need. And I think it's, it's still to this and day. They, right? And the like, connection that Lawler geez. and Hart had like for years made that connection. Cause it was Hart stable that always chased Lawler and stuff. And Lawler had to defend like, yeah. God, man, like Jimmy Hart is such Jeff Jarrett says it all the time on his podcast. He's like, you know, it's so funny how when WWF got to a certain point, everyone's like, Oh, it's entertainment. That's what it is. He's like Memphis wrestling was always fucking entertainment. Memphis wrestling, because Conrad's like, take it from someone who grew up in the South. Memphis wrestling would just throw so much shit at the wall, and everyone loved it. And it was just ridiculous. The match stipulations were stupid, yeah. like, but it didn't matter. Like They they went to a serious angle where I think, was it was it Jerry Lawler got hit in the parking lot? Someone ran him over with a car. It was an angle. And uh, I, I don't know if it was, yes. hot, was it hot stuff that he gave to dinner. So I don't know. I have like some weird thing of hot yes. stuff. Yes, yes. It was because I remember when you were in the yeah. magazine, it was Gilly. Yeah, because Gilbert was, wasn't, wasn't wearing a shirt. Yeah, and he, 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 he tried his, to run Lawler jeans. over. Well, Lawler tried to run him. I don't remember. But it was like something like that. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And Jeff Jarrett's like, we've always been sports entertainment, baby. Like, it's always been that way. He's, he's yeah. right. He's totally right. It's, it's such so Lawler comes from there. He meshes perfectly with WWF. And like, we didn't even notice the transition. The first time I ever saw Lawler on WWF television, it was like he had been there for 20 years, like already. I'm like, he just fits right the fuck yeah. in. Like, was that Brett? Was it immediately the Bret Hart angle? That on television, yeah. He, of, he, debuted, yeah he debuted a little bit on Superstars of Wrestling. But yeah, Bret Hart uh, in the summer of 93, when he attacked him at the end of the King of the Ring, oh, a great fucking angle, by the way, too. Like, it was a great way to introduce. And then from the second that that happened, like he was just the biggest piece of shit heel like ever. Jerry Lawler was like, he's so fucking good. Like it's yeah. amazing. He's good at it, man. He's good at it. Yeah. Well, I, I hope he, I hope he stays on the men, man. Cause the, the biggest thing that scares me, I hate to be that, that person, but you have more than one stroke. It's, it, I feel like they don't stop, you know? So hopefully that doesn't happen. And you know, it's like you said, the guy keeps giving the cat. I don't know how he's doing it, but, it you is know, crazy. Hopefully, hopefully he get that back. My, yeah. There was a, a viral video that went of uh, the fucking Beverly brothers. Their finishing move was one guy would backdrop the opponent. But oh. they, they wouldn't rotate for the backdrop. The other guy would grab him and made everybody's hair and drive him. Oops, drive him face down. 
And there was a real stiff one where they fucking planted a prelim right on top of his fucking head. And even Vince was like, oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> and then it was quiet for one 1,000, two 1,000. And all you hear is Jerry, L- Jerry Lawler go, I like it. That and Vince goes, you what? And he goes, he said, I, like I like it. it. Like that. It was so fucking great. Like, <laughs> and it was just, it was the harshest moment where even Vince was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like just, they planted that poor prelim on his goddamn head. God. And then just, it was quiet. And I just hear, I like it. Like so fucking genius. And then Vince is all, you what? Like, <laughs> I think I remember that. He goes, you Vince like all it. You, you what? And the, and the, and the Vince was like, you what? what? He's all, I like it. Yeah, I, I remember that. God, he he killed like half of that montage is like not caring about the opponent, like driving neck first. Half of those montages, what the fuck, Beverly (laughs) Brothers? That was brutal. (laughs) And then I I went down a rabbit hole there, and then it was like the Yoko one where he's he's sitting on the guy's throat, and the guy's like screaming at him to get up or whatever. That the guy that prelim like was just an arrogant prick in the back, and so Yoko's like. No. I'm going to sit on you for real. And so he did the bonsai drop and kicked his fucking legs out. And fuck this poor guy. Like, he landed him so hard. I hate to be that though, but Yoko, Yoko did that with the prelims. You know that, right? Like, you saw in, in, the, in all the highlights when Yoko hit a prelim, the legs always yeah. slipped out. But if it was Hogan, it was no, nice but there's, easy, baby. There is one there, that's yeah. like, he doesn't There was another stop one where at all. And he's on his trachea he with stacked, his 450 he, he beat pounds. He two prelims in a handicap match, and he stacked them on top of each other and did it. And he fucking kicked his legs out. Jesus Christ. Like, they both had to have farted. God. Like, there's no way, like, they held it in. You, How many people farted there's after that. the Yoko? Dude, there's no way. Like, you can't. Can all your air not get pushed out of your yeah. body? Even when he... Like, you know, lands on his knees and braces. That's still a big fucking man, like, landing on your chest. I like it. I still, How do you control I, it at 450 I like pounds? It. How? I, I, I still, I think I've said this on podcasts before. I, I would I would do the line, and I'd be like, someone, I'm getting 100 bucks tonight. Who am I up? Yoko? Yeah, yeah you keep your $100. I'll, I'll see you next week. Yeah. I, I'd be gone. I'd be, no, there's no way. I wouldn't let, I wouldn't let that dude sit on me. Yeah. For three seconds. I'm Sandy Beach. I don't let anyone. I'm wrestling tonight. Mess me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who I got tonight? Oh, Yoko, you better let me get my shit in. All right, guy. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, I think. Do you speak English, Yoko? <laughs> All right. We'll see you out there. there. Oh, Boom. Yeah, on your like, neck. Get off. Now he's in a. And Yoko had no. Yoko had this much urgency. Zero. Like to get up. Like the referee yeah. was just like, you might want to get up. And he's like, yeah. well, I don't hear what you're saying right now. Like, I can't even hear you. Like, and he's sitting on the guy. And you see the Where's guy going, check? get him off, check? get him off. And Yoko's like, I'm in the hard camera right now. Yeah. Can I can I mug for the camera, please? Yeah, what? Like, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Just good stuff. I'm, I, you know, not unless he hurt someone really. I bad. remember when I fought Yoko. It was a classic <laughs> confrontation. He's typing it out. Well, I may have said you talk to me about my wrestling career that were insulting. <laughs> I apologize, and he spoke perfect English. My apologies. <laughs> All right. Well, we should just end it here, I guess. This has been unscripted, huh? Yeah. My tagline for this is "Go fuck yourself." Bonsai. <laughs> Bonsai. All right, and stoppy pants. <laughs>